welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 730. What if Shaheen? I understood she was the teacher here. Bashet arched an eyebrow at me, the extravagant expression startling on an ADEM face. In a general sense, that is true. But in a more practical sense, Shaheen is far too important to be spending her time with someone like you. I gestured polite. I was quite happy with Tempe, I said. And if your happiness were our goal, that might matter, she said. However, Tempe is closer to being a sailboat than a teacher. I bristled a little at that. He is my friend, you realize. Her eyes narrowed. Then as his friend, you may fail to realize his faults. He is a competent fighter, but no more than that. He barely speaks your language, has little experience with the real world, and, to be completely frank, he is not terribly bright. I'm sorry, I said, regret. I didn't mean to offend you. Don't show me humility unless you mean it she said, still looking me over with narrow eyes. Even when you make your face a mask, your eyes are like glittering windows. I am sorry, I said earnestly. Apology. I'd hoped to make a good first impression. Why? she asked. I would rather you thought well of me. I would rather have reason to think well of you. I decided to take another tack, hoping to steer the conversation into safer water. Tempe called you the Hammer. Why is that? That is my name. Vachette. The Hammer. The Clay. The Spinning Wheel. She pronounced her name three separate ways, each with its own cadence. I am that which shapes and sharpens or destroys. Why the clay? That is also what I am, Bashet said. Only that which bends can teach. I felt a growing excitement as she spoke. I will admit, I said, it will be pleasant to share a language with my teacher. There are a thousand questions I have not asked because I knew Tempe could not understand, or even if he did, I wouldn't be able to make sense of his answers. Bashat nodded and sat down on one of the benches. Knowing how to communicate is also the way of a teacher, she said. Now go find a long piece of wood and bring it back to me. Then we will begin the lesson. I headed off into the trees. The request had a ritual air about it, so I didn't want to run back with any odd branch I found on the ground. Eventually, I found a willow tree and snapped off a supple branch longer than my arm and big around as my little finger. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I'm surprised Quoth didn't figure out the the three pronunciation thing before uh, Vasha told him. I suppose he never had cause to learn the words for hammer, clay, and spinning wheel. Mm-hmm. And... Like, and we haven't talked about that idea in ADEM language in several chapters, right? Like, 
since before Quoth went to went into the Fey. So I had kind of forgotten that Adem had this this tonal component to it. But I think that that's interesting because it reflects something that Shaheen was talking about in the previous chapter, how you can say a lot with, you know, without saying very much. And this seems to be the Adam naming convention as well, because they name Quoth Maedra, which also means three different things, right? So maybe it's part of the the convention that like someone's name should should like reflect different aspects of their nature. Wait, I have a question. If so, if this is true about names, or even if it isn't, Quoth receives his name after doing the sword tree stuff, but ostensibly the aid, like, like, like they must, like Vashet was, was Vashet named Vashet when Vashet was born, or probably not. Or, okay. And then does that change of name become permanent, or like does their close family still call them like? And, and whatever their name was before like is it like a title or is it like a name we do learn that they they get a calling name and a family name i believe like the 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 name that quote is given is the one that you're only supposed to speak to your family i believe yeah and like that makes sense to me because many cultures especially as part of like a coming of age ritual will incorporate giving you a new name I do want to mention that Quoth actually explains this to us way back in the beginning when he's doing the I am Quoth, you may have heard of me speech, because he says the Adem call me the flame, the thunder, and the broken tree, depending on how it's pronounced. He says that yeah. explicitly. Um, and I also think that this, or, you know, in that same line, this scene is meant to kind of remind us of that idea, that the Adem have this convention, and also kind of prime us for Quoth's naming, because she says, it is what I am. This is why they call me these things. Like it's, uh, it's central to Vashit's being, and I think that the names that the Adam land on for Quoth are no accident. I think that their conventions are closer to actual capital N naming than the other cultures that we have seen so far. So I think that we should be ready for those names to have quite a bit of import if we weren't already. Indeed. Now. Vashet is being an asshole to him here, and she became becomes an even worse asshole to him on the subsequent pages. And keeping that in mind, she is being very mean about Tempe. And certain people on this podcast have put forward that the ADM think of Tempe as a dimwit. And I would like to assert in the strongest possible terms that that's not true. Vashet says this to piss Quoth off. She's not mm. saying what she actually thinks about Tempe. She's saying something mean about Quoth's friend to make Quoth mad because she doesn't like him. I mean, it's also possible that Vashet is saying these things and believes them, but that is not how the rest of the community feels. Yeah, exactly. We all know that the things that hurt the most are the true things. Well, but Jordana's right. Even if Vashet does believe what she's saying about Tempe, it's just that's just like her opinion, man. <laughs> Whether or not that's true, I do think that we can take from this that like this is what a seasoned mercenary looks like. Like we should be able to compare Tempe and Vashet in this scene and understand that like Tempe is extremely junior. And as we learn more about Vashet, we, you know, come to understand this that she's like well traveled, um She's very culturally savvy um, and we should 
contrast the two and understand that like Tempe is very much, you know, a junior mercenary when compared to what a seasoned endemic mercenary looks like. I sort of wonder what kind of person Bashet was when she was as junior as Tempe. I have to imagine that she was probably very much like Tempe. I think, I mean, I might be wrong about this, but I feel like we've always known that about Tempe, that he was like a pretty low ranking ADEM and that's why the mayor got him so cheap. <laughs> yeah, I think that does come up. Does come up, doesn't it? We do learn a little bit about her uh, her origins, Jordana. She says that she grew up in a place that was uh, kind of on the border, so they don't all come from Hert. There are other towns, and that Bashet was exposed to more Aturans, or at least more barbarians, as a youth. Mm. I. I also really like the moment where Quoth says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And she says, don't show me humility unless you mean it. Even when you make your face a mask, your eyes are like glittering windows, which reads very true to me because whenever I was a teenager and someone made me apologize when I was absolutely certain that I had done nothing wrong, I would have delivered the most sullen, I'm sorry, that I absolutely did not mean and my eyes would have been saying, you which is i'm sure exactly what clothes size were doing i don't think that he's saying fuck you but i do think that it's a canadian apology so i i think it has come up that my uh my partner is from india and something that she had to kind of get used to was the canadian apology which is like very quickly and easily offering sorries um sort of throwing them off tossing them off for like general politeness and she was very taken aback by this because in her culture, like to apologize is a big deal and you only do it when you mean it. Uh, so she was a little bit shocked at how easily people offered apologies because what it did does to her is cheapen actual apologies, which was very interesting for me to think about. Like, and I kind of think, think that I think that's kind talking, of what's happening here. Go ahead, Jeremy. Are we talking about like the kind of apology where like you bump into someone on the subway and you say, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Or when you interrupt someone in a conversation, you go, oh, sorry, but, you know, this, this, this. Like, it just we we think very little here culturally in Canada of, like, of apologies. It's something that we include kind of casually in lots of conversations or in minor social interactions. And those, that kind of sentiment exists in uh, in Indian culture. But, like, the way, you know, the word sorry and, and to apologize is something that has a lot more weight culture there and that's kind of how i read this that quote is saying like i am sorry uh oh no i'm sorry i didn't mean to offend you don't show me humility unless you mean it like that's kind of a that's kind of a casual apology he's not really sorry he's not in a way of like i'm not sorry and i'm like going to stick by my guns here it's sort of like a tossed off oh i'm sorry uh which seems like it's a bit of a cultural disconnect and similarly well then what is saying i'd rather that you think well of me she says well, give me a reason to think well of you. It's kind of the same thing. It's like Quoth is conditioned to want to make a good impression simply to like be well thought of. Whereas I suspect culturally, the ADEM don't really care about impressions because everyone kind of acts and behaves very, very similarly. Where their impressions come from is their actions. They're, you know, If you want to think well of someone, they should be someone worth thinking well of rather than just because they go through the motions to introduce themselves politely. I hesitate to extract that into a, 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 an idea about their culture. I think this is simply a case of like, she's looking to find fault with anything she says because she already doesn't like him. She's decided that she doesn't like him. 
Yeah, well, he's a, she's it, being a drill instructor. But, I mean, she's not. <laughs> she's much worse than that. <laughs> no, like and, a drill sergeant. Like the, the heaps of abuse that drill sergeants... Yeah, yeah uh, th- th- but like... like yeah, like in the intention. movies when a guy is like calling people a bunch of like slack-jawed faggots who could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to bleeping all of that. So I apologize, listeners, for your uh, ears. Yeah, like she... Sure, she is doing that, but she also like hates him enough to physically abuse him later and tell him that he's a worthless piece of shit and she's going to be glad to see the back of him when he's gone. I don't think she actually does hate him. I still think this is all kind of an act. Whether or not she does, whether or not that's really how she feels or she's testing him, my point is that she is looking to find fault with everything he says. So he was never going to make a good impression on her in this moment. He couldn't. Sure. And but I still think if, that what she says about like apologies and things like that are, are then how do you square that with even when you make your face a mask, your eyes are like glittering windows. What what do you think that sentence means if you if that is your reading of the scene? That you're not you're not actually being humble. And I don't I don't take that to mean the sullen like teenager anti apology. I just think that he's not actually showing humility, he's just tossing off an, an I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, wait. Just does this mean that when you guys bump into someone on the subway, you're not sorry? <laughs> I mean, I'm not like deeply apologetic, and I'm and not sorry the humility. way I would be sorry if I like raid over your dog. Yeah, I'm sorry because that's like an impolite thing to do, and it seems polite to to say sorry. That was an impolite thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you hit the nail on the head, Jeremy. Because you're not actually sorry for like inconveniencing them or violating their personal space. You're just sorry because it's a social moray that has been violated. I mean, I mean, I, I when I bump into people on the subway, I am sorry for violating their personal space, but that's because some I'm someone who hates it when people violate mine. So Yeah, but it's like but like no one's really at fault most of the time, right? Like you don't you don't you don't mean to bump into somebody. It happens because you got jostled yourself or because the bus turned when you weren't expecting it or you lost your footing, right? It's not like it's not a thing that you actually need to make recompense for. Exactly, and I think a non-Canadian or Minnesotan would not say I'm sorry, understanding that this is not something that you make recompense for. But of course, because that is our cultural convention, when someone doesn't do that to me, I do find it rude. Yes, Yes, exactly. Yep. Well, we went a lot longer than I expected we would on this page. (laughs) All right. Uh, Then we might as well go... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> so, so Nick said we went a lot longer than he thought we would, and and to that I reply, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll all be sorry on tomorrow's page. <laughs> Jordana, you have wronged me deeply, and if you wrong, my vengeance not will revenged. not be swift. <laughs> it will be glacial, but it will be vast. Hmm. Well, as our Klingon friends say, revenge is a disc best served cold. The many wrongs Jordana hath bore me, or hath done to me, I bore with, uh, oh, I can't remember the opening line of the cask of Amontillado, but uh, Jordana, would you like to come to my my cellar and sample this delicious cask of um, Jordana snacks? Finely aged chocolate milk, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, chocolate milk. Ew, that is so gross. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no, it's it's the freshest chocolate milk. Actually, it's a fresh cask of chocolate milk. It's down in the, in an alcove in my basement. Milked from the brownest cow in all the land. Only this morning. <laughs> That's definitely not how those things work. Well, you know, I'll, okay. yeah, Jordan, just come on down and uh, I'll show you. Okay. Well, the answer is no, and um, the the end of the episode is now. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God, Montre Nick. 